You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, you are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I want to talk, instead of just about dreaming and doing, let's talk about self-starting because self-starters aren't born, they're built. And that is the story of Linnell Harris. After graduating high school at the top of his class, Linnell went through a series of poor decision-making that cost him his college scholarship and resulted in being expelled from school. So now broke, living at home with his parents and in a ton of debt, Linnell was introduced to a mentor that helped him transform his thinking and ultimately change his life. The lessons that he learned from living with purpose and intentional goal setting led him to becoming a self-starter. So equipped with this information, Linnell went on to climb the ranks of various companies, being afforded opportunities to work around the world, and eventually landing a seat as chief diversity officer for a Fortune 500 company. Now, Linnell has dedicated his life to raising others up and helping them become self-starters by helping connect with their identity, distinguish their life's purpose, and embrace their power. Through his transformational speaking, teaching, and coaching, Linnell helps others unlock the world of infinite possibilities and be great. Now, you guys, <laughs> that's Linnell formally. Let me tell you about Linnell personally. <laughs> I can't help it. But before I do that, Linnell, thanks so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes. And you guys, I met Linnell four years ago now. Uh, we actually graduated from the same coaching program, uh, accomplishment coaching, and he's a little bit older than me in the program, I would say. And so he comes to one of my observations, one of the program days that I was going through and observed and then stood up to speak at the end of it. And his presence struck me as just so powerful. And, you know, I just read that introduction for you guys, but that's, I mean, he is so, so powerful and his presence is just commanding and it's inspiring just by listening to him speak. And so I'm so excited to have you guys here listening to him. He is also the host of the Inspirational Perspective radio show. Would it be a podcast or a radio show? Radio oh. show. Yep. Awesome. Uh, both, awesome. Both. It's on YouTube. It's on podcasts. It's on radio. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. How, you know, maybe more about your journey because you are a self-starter and you've definitely achieved some amazing things in life. Uh, well, I mean, even with the radio show, I think that's a good example of the power of declaration and mm -hmm. saying what it is you want to create in life. And I remember how the radio show was birthed was really in my mom's dining room. Yes. And she was asking me, she said, well, now what's next for you? And I said, well, I want to reach more people. I think the best way to reach more people right now where I am is maybe a radio show. And she was like, well, say it, do it. 
And so I made the declaration in that moment. And the funny thing is I had no context with radio. It was just, it was an idea. Like, how do you spread your message? And this is before podcasting got really, really big like it is now. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. radio was it. I made the declaration. And a little bit after that, my blog really started to get popular. And I started doing radio interviews Mm -hmm. on one of those interviews. The president of the radio station was listening and thought it would be really cool if I had my own show. And that's how it was birthed. That's how it was. I love that. Well, and you're a master of declaring and fulfilling. And I would love for you to tell the story of earning one of those top positions in the companies that you shared with us earlier before. Oh, yeah. So it's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of your favorite stories. Well, every move I've ever made that I would say in terms of leveling up always starts with a powerful word of declaration. And I see declaration, the way I define it is a spiritual word of creation, is how I define Mm. declarations. Oh, say that one more time, just so someone can write it down somewhere. Yeah, a declaration is a spiritual word of creation. And the reason I start with spiritual is because the spirit is how we create. That's where all of our power comes from. Right now, if one of our spirits left our bodies, this interview would be over, (laughs) right? (laughs) Be like, whoa, what just happened, right? That's how much power our spirit has. It, I mean, it, it basically powers the body. It powers the brain. It powers everything about us. But it can power more than that. It can power whatever it is that we intend to create. Mm. And because I believe that, everything I've done has started with declaration. And so in corporate America, I was in the role of senior manager. And like it said in my bio, I did not graduate from college. I don't have a bachelor's degree. And I was excelling in the role. And the next step was to be a director at the company. And so I went and sat down with my VP and expressed my desire to level up. And after a sigh, she looked back at me and said, well, you know, you don't have your degree. And that poses a problem with you becoming a director at this company. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, you can see it that way. (laughs) (laughs) And so I decided to declare it. And I declared it. And every day when I left work, I would stand in front of my boss's office, who was the director at the time, and say, I am a director. And I would envision myself sitting in that seat. And the funny thing is eight months after that initial conversation, I got a phone call and and she said to me, hey, um, got some good news for you. And basically went up to her office and she shared with me that they were promoting me to director. It was the first time in the company that had ever promoted someone to that level without a bachelor's degree. Um, But that came from me taking action. I I want to add that. It's not just declaring it, right? One of the other things I said to myself is I need to begin taking action as if I'm a director. So talk like a director, dress like a director, do the work a director would do. Not take no for an answer and believe that my spiritual word of creation would do the rest of the work for me if I'm willing to take the action. Yes. I think that is so valuable for so many reasons. One is you didn't take no for an answer. 
or never, a, oh, never. sorry, Linnell, sorry about that, right? Like, no, never, <laughs> right? Like, okay, thanks for the, uh, thanks for telling me what my barriers are. Let me go get them down. <laughs> right, right. And so like, starting there is like, you didn't ever, weren't ever even like phased by that. It was like, oh, cool. Thanks for the new challenge, right? And yeah. showing up, making that declaration and then taking the aligned action. I think that in today's world, it's kind of fluffy, that spiritual word of declaration. We, we practice these mantras, right? Like, mm, I'm a money magnet and I'm the, you know, and cool, but are you actually even taking aligned actions? Because that gap, is a big gap and you'll fall in there if you don't bridge it. And so I think it's just so important that you also added in the actual aligned action it takes to get there. Incredibly important. Yes. And then um, just obviously the power of declaration, but also not to skip over the fact that (laughs) eight months not eight years of dedication, not struggling and this and that. It's like with a, and it doesn't, um, I could be assuming, but there's not a lot of emotion behind what you're saying in the way that you, you were struggling and hustling. And this, you said, I had a vision. I did what it took. I showed up every day in alignment with that decision. And it happened very quickly. Well, that was the work. Cause that's, that's difficult to do sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when you sit across, like, let's take that example. You sit across from someone and they're like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And so this is where faith and I tell people all the time, one of the bis- biggest misconceptions about faith is that it's just about belief. Mm-hmm. It's belief plus action. So you have to believe that the declaration is true and you have to believe it so much that you take action that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I mean, I took the action and it was, and it was difficult. I mean, imagine someone telling you like, Hey, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you still digging in and doing the work and even working harder than you were before saying, but it will, but it will. Right. Most people will say, well, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you look at my life story, most of it doesn't make sense. (laughs) So (laughs) that's why I believe in declaration and powerful declaration and faith so much. Yeah. And you know, when you said faith and you're in the side of this story, something else that came through was worth right? Like Mm -hmm. that you would actually even deserve to hold that position because there's got to be faith in yourself to do what it takes to be there too. Absolutely. So in terms of worth, um, it's a fun story about when I learned how to be confident (laughs) and, and where I learned, where I learned to speak with confidence and show up confidently was early on in my career when I had a boss who had come over from another department and really didn't know what we were up to in global operations. Mm-hmm. But how she spoke was with so much confidence. And I remember one particular conference call we were on and she was just kind of blaring out orders. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I know you probably can't imagine me timid, but at the time <laughs> I was younger, I was much more timid. And so I'm sitting there timid And I'm looking up like, well, that's not possible. But she had other leaders in the company going, okay, we're going to do it. And here I am with all this knowledge and I'm afraid to speak up. Yeah. And in that moment, I learned something. I was like, wow, if you know it, Linnell, damn it, you've got to say it and believe it. 
And I walked out that room a changed person. And I made a commitment to myself to never, ever sit on things that I truly, really know. Mm. And I believe in my heart are right. Mm. I, I appreciate that because I check in with my clients a lot after, you know, and it's usually after they learn a tough lesson, mm. right? But I check in, I say, what now, what do you know that you know? What do you know that you know that you're not going to be convinced you don't know anymore? Exactly. Let's mark this day. Let's, let's jot this lesson down because there's no more straying off that path. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. I, I love it because I, th- you know, it, how many times must you learn it? Because uh, Jen Shaw, our friend, taught us, taught me at least. She said the universe is going to teach you the lesson until you learn it. How many times would you like that it to keep, take? It, it keep hitting you in the head with the same thing. Ooh, it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> and so, speaking of lessons, what are what would be some lessons that you definitely learned, and now you know that you know? Mm, um, well, declaration is definitely one of them. Another lesson that I know that I know, trying to think of a, a good one. <laughs> like a <Yeah>. juicy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'll tell you, well, here's one. And I think it's, in, I think it's important but given where we are right now. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I firmly believe in, and we've seen this happen, is that history repeats itself. And it, not only does it repeat itself in our lives if we allow it, but it repeats itself on a much larger scale. So here we are right now in the middle of a pandemic. And one of the things I know that I know is that history is repetitive. Like there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I say, okay, what do I need to know right now? Because it's out there already. And so part of what I'm reading, part of what I'm up to is not necessarily what the media is talking about, but it's learning the lessons in history about when we've been through pandemics in the past mm-hmm. and what can we expect and what should I know? And then based on that, how should I lead? And so that's one of the things that I know that I know that I, that I really hold on to and take action in those places. And so, for instance, what I'm reading right now is, you know, <laughs> the pale rider based on the 1918 Spanish flu, right? Yeah. Because if I call myself a leader and we know that history repeats itself, then how can I begin to set myself up properly in those that, Um, I have the privilege of leading, set them up properly to ensure that we're successful in the future. Really great um, lesson and knowledge to share because you're kind of posing that question for yourself, but ultimately to us at this point is how do we want to be about this? Mm, How do we want to lead about this? And I think at times of uncertainty, we naturally look for leaders to follow. Yeah forgetting that we are in fact the leaders of our own lives and the leaders of our maybe immediate circle. Right. And so I think it's so great because the, I like the lesson, like you got to do the work to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you decide to step up and kind of self-educate or dive into the fact that history does repeat itself. So, Hmm, there might be an answer lying in our past somewhere. Maybe I can explore that. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, let me tell you, I'm chapter four and I'm already like, oh boy. Because <laughs> a lot right. of what's played out is already played out. Seen it, seen it, right? Like, okay. oh, we can just follow the, follow the little trail there. <laughs> the crumbs are there. 
Yeah. So I think that's so brilliant, especially at a time like this. And, you know, um, at a time like this, specifically with the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we're in the middle of the mortality series. And Mm. so with the mortality series, we're kind of diving in because it's very fitting for this time as well. There's very literal death occurring. There is the ending of so many things in our humanity, right? Things are naturally dying off or um, being dismantled. And then there is that natural ego death that occurs, right? Things have to go away. And so I'd love to kind of dive into that conversation because you have a program, a seminar, right? It's in the form of a seminar, Murder Mediocracy. Right, right. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about that? And then we'll kind of dive into a conversation about death. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which, believe it or not, I'm really excited to talk about. Um, So Murder Mediocrity is a summit, an annual summit that I put on every year. And it really is an opportunity for people to explore their lives and what I call the four pillars of life. You know, how am I showing up for myself, like in terms of my Mm self-love and taking care of myself, taking care of my well-being. And the idea of murder mediocrity is mediocrity has this ability to seep in and 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 really kind of take hold in places if we're not really vigilant which is why the why the wording around it is so strong because when you when you find it in your life you've got to go after it otherwise it will become a part of your way of being and you'll make excuses for it and say, well, it's that way because of this, or it's this way because of that. But instead, the idea is when I see it, I need to eradicate it immediately. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing in terms of self-love and well-being. We also explore relationships, romantic relationships in terms of platonic friendships, um, relationships across the board, especially in our careers, because most people don't know that your ability to build relationships has a lot to do with your ability to excel in the corporate or career arena. Mm -hmm. Um, We look at work. We look at money. I mean, talk about finances right now. There are a lot of people who have been mediocre in their finances and they're paying the price because they weren't vigilant, because they weren't thoughtful. Or maybe they're like, oh, it's all good. Mm -hmm. Um, Reading articles where the average American had $400 put to the side and now they're wiped out. And so those are things that, I mean, at the summit, we address and really work to make sure people can set themselves up properly. Then last but not least, making sure that we're vigilant about our purpose and our spirituality. Mm. Uh, Because if there's, there's nothing more important than serving your life's purpose. And I think as a segue for you into the death conversation, because I believe that when you're on your deathbed, that erases the number of regrets you would have. Yep. I love it. And I thought you had four pillars, but I was like following you. I'm like, I think we're at like six or seven in spirituality. Well, like, I and them, right. Work and money right. are together. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Being are together. Yeah. So I couple. Yeah. yeah. But it's so all encompassing. And, and mm-hmm. so thank you for bringing every factor that we kind of, if we are being mediocre, if we accept mediocrity, we just, it just slides on out the back door and they didn't know where it went, when it went. Yep, <laughs> and so yep. uh, thank you because you're right about how subtle how sneaky and subtle it can be because if especially comfort, right? Like when you, when I hear mediocrity, I kind of hear comfort and the predictability and all of that. And so 
that's out the window right now. That is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and let me um, say this real quick. I yeah. believe one of the reasons people are struggling with the reality of this pandemic, right? And, and let's, let's set to the side people who may be grieving a lost loved one because grief is real, yeah. right? And so I want to make that, I want to make that exception. Mm -hmm. But some of us, we're, we're struggling and we're in our heated homes mm -hmm. um, or our air conditioned homes, depending on where we are. We have soft pillows, we have warm beds, we have warm showers, and we're like, oh, this sucks, because <laughs> we're so uncomfortable in our comfort because we haven't learned to operate outside our comfort zone on a regular basis. And all growth, I know this is a cliche, all growth comes from the comfort zone, from being outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And so because many people have been playing the comfort game so long, now it's like, ah, what's happening and for mm. people who've been playing the discomfort game on purpose it's like oh another discomfort yeah how will i grow right I and so that's that's uh you know something for all of us to take a look at if you're uncomfortable right now and you're listening to this it's really an opportunity to do an assessment yeah well speak to the discomfort speak to the uncomfortable ones for a moment how can we assess how can we start to pivot in this in this opportunity I would say the first thing is, what do you feel entitled to that you're not getting? Mm. Because entitlement and expectation are typically what lead to some level of dissatisfaction. Mm. Right. So I'm, I'm upset because my kids aren't in school. I don't have all the time I normally want to have. Right. Well, there's an entitlement there. There's 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 an expectation that you've created. And instead of really leaning into the opportunity to build a relationship, you're complaining. And so that's where the discomfort comes from. Because guess what? Tomorrow morning when we wake up, the little ones are going to be there, <laughs> right? And so how do I <laughs> lean into that discomfort and create something exciting and powerful that I can look back on a decade from now and say, wow, because of the pandemic, because of the shelter-in-place orders, Look at the relationships I built with my children. Look how their education advanced because I took full control of that. I took full responsibility for that. Um, so that's, that's what I'm pointing to versus being a victim, right? How can I be fully responsible? Yeah, I, I love that. And speaking of, because, you know, on Monday's episode, we talked about ego and ego death. And now we're talking about this entitlement, right? Like, I think that ego and entitlement mm. hold, hold hold hands, I would say. So oh. speak a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you said it perfectly. They do hold hands. They're in a phenomenal relationship. They love each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you try to get, you try to separate them, you're going to be in trouble. And I, and I, it, ego and entitlement, it's funny, I never thought about the, how they accompany each other, but mm -hmm. most ego and people who act from ego act from a deep place of entitlement. There's a belief that I deserve. Mm -hmm. There's a belief that this is, you know, because I am who I am, I should or I could or I, I must have. I also believe it's one of the, the greatest sources of suffering. Yes. And so being a professional at it, how can we go about murdering this ego of ours? <laughs> well, I, I think the first thing is really beginning to distinguish your life's purpose. Because mm. when, yeah. when you begin to walk aligned with your life's purpose, it begins to chisel at what it is you believe. And, and it also chisels at your comfort. 
because most of us, we have the capacity mm-hmm. to live our purpose, but we're going to have to make some sacrifices yes. to step into that level of power. And ego and sacrifice don't go well together. <laughs> um, and I'll give you a couple of the, Yeah. And I'll give you a few examples. I can, I mean, when I left corporate America, that was a purpose-based move based on a declaration of faith mm-hmm. that I had made to step into the next level of my life. And probably the toughest part about that was my ego didn't want to give up the title. Of course. Being a vice president and an officer of a Fortune 500 company, I mean, it felt good to say, sitting on the plane, what do you do? Like, oh, well, I do this. And then the, the business card is so sexy, right? And, and people relate to you different versus now saying, well, I transform lives. I'm a life coach. People are like, oh. And I'm sure you've experienced that, right? Yeah. Oh, and then the term is, you know, life coach. I mean, there are life coaches all over the place and we're not, we're not all created equal. And so ego is like, well, don't call yourself that. It's got to be something else sexy you can say. And it's like, no, that's what I do. I transform lives. I'm a life coach, right? So the battle of ego is always within the realm of, am I living my life's purpose? Because it's not about what people think. It's not about, you know, how much prestige I can get. What it's really about is, am I offering the world what I'm supposed to offer the world while I'm here? And ego is not going to always like that. No, literally, quite literally never will like that. (laughs) And um, I'm really, I feel, I want to use the word satisfied. I'm really satisfied that you brought purpose into this conversation around Mm, there because with with a declaration to follow our purpose, whether we intend to or not, ego starts to lash out. And what, you know, it'll give you the reasons not to follow your purpose. Like you're saying, it's so sexy with the title and the business card. And and even like mediocrity, it's so subtle in the way that ego will keep rearing its head at every stage of following your purpose, right? So you decide, okay, I'll give up the title. I'm going to let this go. I'm going to give away the salary, whatever, to make this transition. That's scary enough. But then your ego wants to play with your new life coach title too, or whatever, whatever anyone's picking, oh, right? Oh, yeah. How many clients you got? How much you charge in these days, right? Like, have you hosted an event yet? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the question really should be, how does it align? How does it align with my mission? How does it align with my purpose? Yeah. Because let me tell you, those things are hard. I mean, I've been doing events now for a few years. It's not easy. And if you're doing it from ego, whoo, baby. It'll cost you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're doing it from energy. <laughs> oh man. But when you're doing it from purpose, it's coming from a different level and, and spirit is aligned. And mm. so the impossible will generate itself when you're coming from that place. Yes. Right. Doors will open that normally wouldn't open when you're coming from that place. Mm. And you know, when people come back, well, how did you do it? You're like, Well, it's it's not that simple, right? It's Can't like, you. <laughs> you gotta be aligned. You're like, are you aligned with your purpose and are you creating it that way? Yeah. Uh, love in what you shared, because as soon as you said it the way you did about planning an event, right? When you put, you can plan an event from ego and it's gonna, it's gonna have its costs. But mm-hmm. if you're planning an event and from purpose, from service. Service. Yeah. 
what people are going to get, what you're bringing, the fact that you are just a channel for God and, and, and intelligence and love to flow through, like it, yeah, the things are going to line up for you. Right. And, and you're right. How'd you do that? Oh, I don't know. I have other forces that I, I, that I can't tell you about. Know. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm doing it again next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm loving this so much. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so like uh, being of service, talk to us about that. Cause I know it's a big part of mm-hmm. your purpose to be of service. Well, I mean, I think right now is a really good time for mm-hmm. those of us who can give to think about, right. How can I be of service? Um, service, first thing I think about is servant leadership. Yeah. And my, my purpose is to help myself and others live the best life possible. I put myself first because if I, if I don't, if I can't hold myself up, how can I hold anybody else up? Right. And then right. typically people want to see some level of an example, you know, why should I follow? Why should I listen? Um, and so help myself, but then after I help myself, how can I turn around and help other people? How can I share what it is that I've done? How can I, how can I teach what it is that I've learned to other people so they can take the exact same steps? And when I think about service, it's in the teaching, it's in the giving, it's in really giving myself, let's say, to how can I be a better leader? How can I be a better teacher? How can I, if I'm not communicating this, if people aren't getting it, then what do I need to do to shift the message, to, to work on the message where it really begins to absorb into people's hearts and, and, and resonate in people's minds? And that's really what service is about. Uh, and I think all too often, we, we feel like we've shown up already. And that's one of the biggest hindrances we have to really truly serving other people. Mm. Whereas instead being curious about what else, what else can I do? How yeah. else can I deliver? So. You're saying something that is bringing the ego back, the entitlement. I've already showed up. I yeah. should be getting paid out, right? Yeah. Like, and so, so distinguish for us, because you're speaking into it, is distinguish the difference between service and sacrifice. Mm, yeah. Well, service, and, 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 and this is what I believe. When you're, when you're aligned with your purpose, there is a fulfillment to being of service to someone. Oh, yeah. Or to, to there's there's something that you get from that. Yeah. That is undescribable. People, people will say, well, now why do you show up there? I don't get paid for my radio show. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the agreement that we have, like with sponsors and all that just takes care of the time. Yep. And so I don't get paid. And they're like, well, how, why do you show up? Well, because it's an act of service. Mm-hmm. But when I get an email from someone who says your show has changed my son's life, he's on such a different path. That provides a level of fulfillment knowing that, okay, the time that I'm spending on the planet is making a difference. It's yeah. making a difference because I think the other thing we have to realize is that our life is not our own. We, we sometimes we want to act like it is, or we want to yeah. believe that it is, but we are all intrinsically connected. And so if Linnell doesn't show up the way he's supposed to show up, the way he's, it was planned, you know, by God for me to show up, that leaves someone else hanging. If Abigail doesn't show up the way that she's supposed to show up, that leaves somebody else hanging. Yes. And so when I think about service, that's what I think about. Now, the sacrifice is what people don't see. 
And the sacrifice are the tears. The sacrifice comes in the not knowing how. The sacrifice comes in the faith steps we make. The sacrifice comes in, you know, I'm going to take this money that I have in a bank and actually align it with my purpose and put on an event that I have no idea how to do. Like that's where the sacrifice comes in. Mm. And most of the time people don't see the sacrifice. And I also, I question when, when someone says they're sacrificing and we can all see it, it's like, is that really a sacrifice or is it more of a display? Yeah. Cause sacrifices, most people don't see it. They, they don't, they don't know what it's like. They don't see the hours that you spend, you know, reading and meditating and praying and crying and sometimes fighting, uh-huh. you know, fighting the universe saying, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Why are you calling me higher? I don't. That's right. Not, yeah. I don't want to no. do that. I'm comfortable. Yeah. And that's yeah. where the sacrifice is. Yeah. I mean, leaving corporate America was a sacrifice. Yeah. 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 And um, it's so interesting, again, how subtle the ego can be where it's like, look at all I've sacrificed, right? Mm. When really it's the sacrifice is in you're sacrificing that ego. We're in the mortality series. So I'm like death and murder. Rah, like, right? <laughs> but ultimately there's a gently laying it to rest, mm-hmm. right? Like let it die. Yeah. It's not coming with you especially into the role of leadership or that ascension that you're creating by showing up for yourself constantly, whether it is in that self-development or the self-acceptance or in the direct connection with God to receive the next direction. Like, oh man, I just got so cozy where I'm at. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, the sacrifices in leadership. Yeah. I I can't tell you how many times you know, I want to not be seen. Yeah. I would prefer to fly under the radar and maybe I'm in the airport. Somebody walks up and is like, Oh, Linnell Harris. And I'm like, Oh man, I really wanted to have a moment. <laughs> right. I just want to be by myself. I want to be and, and so the sacrifice shows up in those, in, in those ways too. Right. Where it's, you begin to realize that I'm, I don't get to keep the gift to myself. Like I have to be, you know, part of being a service is the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one other piece I'd like to bring in about that is when we twist it into martyrdom, where it's not uh, self-fulfilling or serving and it's actually deteriorating us. Talk a little bit about that. Oof, martyrdom, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> When I think of a martyr, there's two types of martyrs. You have the martyr that will lay down his life for something that he believes in or she believes in, right? And I think that type of martyrdom is unique and special. And there are very few people who will do that. Right. Um, Truly. Truly, truly. I mean, put everything on the line. Yeah. Um, And then you have, I guess, the ego martyrdom where and and this is where i think it comes down to performance i know one of the things we talk a lot about as coaches is well are you performing and how are you performing and 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 performance is a context and within itself but then the other type of martyrdom is when i'm performing it when i'm 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 acting as if i'm putting it all on the line or that i'm sacrificing and that's kind of what i was talking about when the sacrifice is in the open that's kind of that fake martyrdom that sometimes we see where like, I'm doing this for you. And it's like, well, if you were, you wouldn't have to say it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty clear right there. Yeah. And where there's, there's Don't still talk opportunity. Don't about, about it. Yeah, there's still opportunity yeah. for us to, to begin to kill off ourselves. And when I say ourselves is, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about the uh, consciousness and, and really allowing spirit to flow mm-hmm. and spirit to decide and mm-hmm. spirit to lead and God to lead versus what, you know, the physical Linnell wants. Because the physical Linnell likes comfort. Yeah. It likes, I mean... I mean, I like a good night's rest and a hot shower and a, a and a good tasting. I like that, right? Yeah. But is that aligned with the path always is the question. And so, right. yeah. Right. Well, and I think uh, wrapping that up right there is like finding the, the balance, mm. right? That it's not uh, self-deprecating, that you're not constantly running yourself ragged. Are there days of extra commitment? Heck yeah. yeah. You know, and a, you mentioned the crying too, right? Like for me, when I'm, I, I actually grieve the loss of certain identities of my own that I'm like, mm. oh, but I really like the athlete or I really, you know, the competitor. She's pretty cool and she's pretty edgy, but she's not, you know, she's not that fullest version of a leader. She's not, mm. the, you know, the, a real leader is and it doesn't come from competition per se. And so that one for me, it was really like an extension, like taking literally a rib out and and going Uh, on. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. And so as we begin to wrap up, is there anything you'd like to say to the emerging leaders that are, that are showing up in this time or being called? Yeah. Um, I think the most, most important thing is find your purpose Mm -hmm. and, and then one of the things I find often is that leaders know their purpose, but they get into the how conversation. Well, how do I, like, how do I live my purpose? Mm-hmm. And how is a huge distraction, huge distraction. And what it really comes down to is just making a bold decision mm-hmm. and not worrying about how, but pursuing the purpose that you've distinguished. Because what I find uh, is typically when I'm, when I'm doing purpose workshops and, and teaching on purpose, 70% of the people in the room know their purpose. I imagine that even now, 70% or, or, or higher uh, of the people listening to this podcast know their purpose. But the gap that's separating them from their purpose is really just belief and the willingness to take actions that are uncertain, mm-hmm. actions that they don't know where it's going to lead them, and really, in some ways, kill off, like in talk, talking about mortality, kill off this illusion that they're controlling what's happening. Yeah. Right now, we can see that we don't have control. There's no control. And if you thought you had control, then the illusion is lifting. And I think that's another thing that people are really struggling with, is the lifting of the illusion that I had control of tomorrow, that I had control of today. And when you begin to accept that and walk in purpose, it brings about a, a, just a wonderful peace that no matter what's happening around you, pandemic, <laughs> war, you name it, if you're walking in your purpose, you're, you're walking in that peace. And that's what makes us powerful, yeah. is the, the ability oh. to, to act from a deep place of peace. And that's how we serve. Yeah. So that's what I would leave you with. 
I love that because, you know, speaking of peace, because we don't know. I love that you ended this with we have no control. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Because if you can only operate on and in your purpose, it shows your willingness to do so. And the mm-hmm. fact that you re- you are okay with the fact that we don't know. And so I just think, what, how cool, because you can pivot any old time and it includes letting things die off, letting things go. Cause you know, if I think of a literal journey, we can only carry so much on our back as we go. Mm-hmm. And the more we try to bring, the slower we go. So it's, you know, or trying to control how the past going to turn or any of that. So thank you for wrapping it up with no control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing we can control is following you and following your message. So where can we tap into what you're sharing? So you can go to my website, linnellharris.com. My name is spelled L-I-N-A-L-H-A-R-R-I-S. And then my social media is the same, at Linnell Harris. You can follow me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, all at, at Linnell Harris. Awesome, awesome. And we will be sure to do that. We will be sure to link everything up. And just one more time, thank you for being here. As I mentioned in the beginning, you are so powerful. And this was a powerful conversation. So just thank you for sharing your brilliance. You're more than welcome. I'm more than welcome. I, yeah. hope, someone, I, hope, I hope someone takes something from the conversation. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening in. We definitely hope you took something out of today's conversation. And if you loved it, please take it and share it and let people know that we have no control, but we can control that we are going to live in our purpose. So Mm -hmm. be sure to do that because at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.